Welcome to episode five of the Euphoria podcast. We're available on SoundCloud, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we've got it. We've even got, after a meme on broadcast, enderweirdchamppodcast.com that will redirect you to the Euphoria podcast. Thank you, Depa, for making that one happen. Uh, don't suggest more URLs. I don't think Depa can afford to keep buying them for us. But that said, anywhere you get your podcasts or usually get your podcasts, we should be there. Today, we're going to be talking all about what we got right and what we got wrong on the tier list, the state of the league, and talent density. Is EU mids still a thing in 2020? What is EU proud of when it comes to roles? So here's the deal. Yamato, we made a tier list yeah. at the start of the season. We made a top 20 list too, but we're going to start with the tier list today. Uh I'm going to say mixed mixed bag. I'll read it back to you, and you can see why I'm uh, hesitant to make any strong statements. So in D tier, we put SK Gaming. Mm-hmm. In C tier, nice. <laughs> Vitality, XL, Mad, and Misfits. B tier, Fnatic. A tier, Rogue, Origin, and Schalke No Fear. <laughs> and S tier, G2. Nice. All right, so let's start on a positive note because it's a wholesome, fulfilling <laughs> podcast. What did we get right, Yamato? What did we What did we nail on the head? G two first place. S tier, the easiest <laughs> prediction of our life. Yeah. Um, World finalists are good players and a good team. Yeah, it turns out. I mean, that one was kind of safe. There was some da- questions as to Cap whether or not. Sports, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only like if they lost to Fnatic, I still think we'd put them S tier. Yeah. Like. I don't, yeah, I, I just can't, like, I, they, you'd still put them as the split favorites right up until they lost a best of five, I think, at, at this point. Yeah. Uh, it would depend on how they lost, though, if they got, like, outclassed in every lane. For sure. Even then, it's just hard to doubt this team. Yeah, and Caps AD is pretty goddamn yeah. good. It's, um, like, the Senna failures business. He's playing a lot of Senna, which uh, is nerfed now, but he's doing good. So I'm happy for him. Ooh, bless. Yeah. More nerfs. Just nerf, <laughs> nerf, nerf all these champions into the ground. It's just too much. Yeah. Um, so. I feel like Rogue, it's interesting because like Rogue, OG kind of feel in the same kind of general bucket. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do we still think that they're actually representative of A-tier teams? Technically, Rogue is at 3-3. Three and three. Origin, Misfits, and Mad Lions, along with Fnatic, are all at 4-2. and two. But I don't, I don't feel like the 4-2 and two there is accurate. Like, I don't feel like all those teams are on the same tier. It's also like Rogue, they... They lost to Soraka twice this weekend, right? Yeah. Mad Lion Soraka and G2 Soraka. So that's just, you know, big mistake there, you know, leaving Soraka open and not having a plan to, to deal with it. And so the sad thing is I think they were closer in the G2 game to beating it yeah. than they were in the Mad Lions game to beating it, right? Yeah. But well, G2's comp was quite cocktail that game, right? They yeah. Like set mid, Gragas. <laughs> yeah, it was... It was a bit all over the place. <laughs> they and banned like, out. Yeah, they they... Perks was trying to find an AD pick. They banned two of his AD picks. Apparently, the third one on the list is, yeah. is set mid. <laughs> That's a bit spicy. And, and also, like with with Rogue, I felt like Larson after he got silenced once by Soraka and died. Yeah, he just never showed up again. That was he so was so sad. scared. I was the rest of the game. So sad. Yeah, 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 watching someone dash over the wall or like the Lissandra come over the wall and just instantly get silenced. All the Soraka silences we've seen this past yeah. weekend or past two weeks even are just. Oh Brutal. God, I hate that champion so yeah, much. Yeah. And it's, we've been blessed with another patch with, with Soraka. <laughs> so it's like, most likely we put him a band. Because by now, I think if you haven't figured out Soraka, you know, good luck. You're doomed. And you can also bluff it. You know, I think everyone's just going to give you the respect, even if they yeah. haven't seen you play it. That's the good news. It's on that Akali like, tier now, where I think it's yeah. just like, it doesn't matter if it's good or not. You just don't want to give the enemy team a chance. For sure. Which is good, because Akali is now out of the Akali tier. Yeah. And we finally get that band freed up, which is now reserved for Soraka, I guess. I like that we have an Akali tier. Yeah, the Akali. I guess it's going to be called Akali tier. I think it rest. should be forever. Yeah, yeah. I think it, the most single-handedly most nerfed, most removed mechanics of any champion in the game. For sure. So just G2 is Akali tier? Yeah? Yeah, G2 is the Akali tier. <laughs> Not cool. nerfed yet. Remains hopefully perma-banned in some way. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm gonna be honest. It's hard to scrape together anything else we got right. Like we got we got close with SK and Vitality, and we'll do a full rework of the tier list. I think in week six we'll do a fresh one. You know we'll be two thirds of the way through the split, but then we have to talk about what we got wrong. And Misfits, I guess. I Wait, continue. What we got wrong. We could talk about. I mean, Misfits are currently C tier, but they're also four two. Yeah, like they they are on a four win streak. 
So do we think that they're C tier? Do you think they deserve? Like, would they be mo- a team you'd move up at this point in the season? Uh, who did they beat? Okay, trying to remember. Let's take a look. Do you so, have that? Yep, I can get that for you. So Misfits have beat XL. Well, Schalke. Eh. Uh-huh. They've lost to Fnatic. They beat OG. Oh yeah. They lost to Rogue. They beat SK. So the only teams they have left to play in this round robin. So Rogue are G two, Mad Lions, Vitality. Oh. Because three games left in this round robin. It's hmm. nine games. Because they look honestly quite decent. They did they, look decent. I was surprised too because yeah. some of those early games were a mess, right? Yeah. And like, because like that first week. Oh, that first week was that first week was. Beyond terrible. Jesus. We were like, oh my God, D tier should have been yeah. solely reserved for you. <laughs> yes, it was a new tier just for Misfits. <laughs> it was E tier, F tier. It was, yeah, it was, oh God. I remember that EQ from, <laughs> from Razork. The QE? I thought the season was over right there. <laughs> the QE, uh... yeah. Hansama flashed it anyway. We're like, oh, thank you, Hansama. <laughs> and then like Bevo had like the worst week one statistically in the history of Is it like something? 19% damage share? Yeah. Looks like a fed jungler <laughs> instead of an 80 carry, you know? He's three levels down. You're like, oh, man. That, that was rough. <laughs> but then, like, Razor on the Gragas, they seem to have been figuring some stuff out. Fabiven uh, looks alive because that first week he was getting, like, solo killed by Larson. Yeah. And, uh... I feel like Dan Dan too. Finally, like they just figured out, hey, if we just put Nocturne. Dan Dan on GP. Like, cause yeah, yeah look at the Nocturne was especially <laughs> cocktails. The Nocturne Oriana game, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they started putting Dan Dan on GP. Like, I feel like their drafts didn't change a ton, but I think it became very clear that they like stopped putting their like their bot lane was 80 carry defensive support in week two and three, and that was it. There's no more Nautilus. There's no more Leona. It's very clear that like. Denik, your job is to protect B-Boy. Yeah. B-Boy, your job is to do damage. We don't care what else happens. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing. You two just, like, protect each other, stay safe. And that seemed to work really well for them. For sure, yeah. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's so tricky. So tricky because I think, like, I, there's a hint of, I think a lot of bot lanes, even though we're hyping bot lanes, I think B-Boy and, and Denik, they have, like, good moments. I listen to, like, the, the, the mic check as well. Danik mm-hmm. seems to be very vocal. That's always, like, a question mark when it comes to, like, rookie supers and so forth. But I'm worried what will happen with Bivoy when, like, let's say for some reason we go back in time and there's, like, a Kaiser Lucian meta. Because yeah. right now it's pretty easy to be AD carry, honestly. Like, you don't need to do much. Yeah, yeah. you have, like, one or two high-pressure moments in the game. But your laning phase is pretty chill yeah. right you either dodge the knot hook or the leona hook that's like the most action that you're going to get at any moment in the game yeah. otherwise you're chilling and obviously positioning in a team fight is always difficult but it's twice as difficult when you're you know everyone is dashing around and yeah. the enemy ad carry can also dash into you i just feel like it's more variables more high stakes for sure for sure all right we're gonna have to hit it eventually we might as well hit it now we got another t- we got time to talk about our dark horses too i think misfits is a perfect example of a team like that yeah. but what we got wrong. <laughs> Schalke, no fear. I knew this was coming. That's yeah, why I stopped I here know, before. I know. Schalke, <laughs> no Zex, as it turns out. Um, the 06 team. I said, I think I said on the desk it would be, actually, I think I said this in rehearsal. I don't think I ever got to say this, is calling it a dumpster fire would be unfair because a dumpster fire is contained, and this is obviously just a goddamn inferno. This is a, a mess. And That's, this is like, it's not... It was funny for the first two weeks, yeah. and now it's not. After Oda wanted to give that interview, and like, if obviously, if you want to trash talk Schalke, like, God bless you, go have fun. But like, for me, I'm just like, it's just sad now. Like, yeah. they're just outclassed, and it just doesn't look like it's getting any better. There's, uh, there's no recovery here, man. There's no, there's no recovery at all. Like, uh, I'm trying to make. Uh, the contrast between Eminem's career, but he actually started good, and then there was recovery, and then you know now we have whatever it is. That's a long conversation, but are we okay. hoping for the same trajectory for Forgiven? <laughs> is, he, is, he, is the kamikaze for Forgiven coming out? Are we waiting for the new album? You gotta be. Is this the revival? Because we just hope that he disses everyone. You know, <laughs> that would be the most forgiven thing to do, though. I think. Yes, for sure. But I don't know. Like he's just—he seems kind of mellowed out on Twitter. He's making jokes about. Uh, it's kind of the EU kind of thing right now yeah. to just make self-deprecating jokes, and to see that from Forgiven, it's kind of weird. Yeah, not not like you're like get back into your your trope. You're supposed to flame people. Like yes. that's what we know you for. So like even from a position where you're down, you know that's uh, <laughs> that's oh, that man. would be entertaining. But uh, I just think there's no no comeback. I think Schalke, even though like Vitality is also 06, I think they are 
dead last, like worst team. Like they lost well, against SK, right? Yeah, and the the thing is, is that like, I so I watched that game back last night, and it is just the lack of coordination from both teams too. Because SK win, but like barely. But there's this fight right where um, Gen X alts um, Lorox in the Death Realm. He goes over the wall. Mordekaiser follows mm. with Flash. He walks by. Lorox like outmaneuvers him, and you're like, "Wow, Lorox, you're so smart." But then, as Mordekaiser comes out of the Death Realm, I'm watching on Pro View Cam. Forgiven's on top of Mordekaiser, and <laughs> all of Shalka are fighting. And MF hasn't alted yet, so Forgiven just starts alting because he knows he's dead. He's at like one third <laughs> HP, but like no one's protecting him. No one. It just straight up looks. It, it, you know, like a solo queue game. Like mm. people aren't on the same page, and you can see in the drafts that they're trying to keep it simple. It's like we get MF, we get Rumble early, we ban Braum, we ban Tom Kench. We pray to God that a team fight can be as simple as just pushing R and winning, but they can't. Even that like fell apart. Yeah, it's like the moment you see. Like it was, it was like some pieces simple, and then some pieces are like Rexai, MF, Trash, which is like okay, you need to snowball early, you need to transition into mm-hmm. something, and then it's like. I think if I'm SK there and I see enemy draft, I say, okay, guys, we do the usual, zero, 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 and then <laughs> we're going to win, which is like the SK special. <laughs> Sakre, how are you feeling about Orn Top this game? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, Kennen or a range champion? None of them are good. Orn, sure, there it is. Look One more time. Him. Build some items for us, brother. Oh, man. I think just blind pick Brom against SK, and then they're going to pick Orn anyway. <laughs> oh, no. It's, it's, it's hard to watch. But I think that, like, when we came in, our kind of expectations were like, we were very honest in the sense that I think we were like, we expect this team at some point to, yeah. they're either going to keep winning or they're going to crash and burn, right? Because we thought this is a lot of like, kind of volatile personalities, historically, like with names like like Gilius and Forgiven. There's always like this honeymoon period where you're like, oh, win, 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 win. And then it like fell apart. We saw that when H2K, uh, we saw that kind of initially with the Vitality lineup that you yeah. brought to the table in 2018. Uh and I think both of us believed in the cocktail, you yeah. know, like we weren't, but it was, it was a, it was a bad cocktail. It was a bad cocktail. It, it was, was like eight shots of gin. You know, there was like a tiny bit of tonic. There was like maybe a absinthe. half a cucumber. There's some absinthe in there too. You like, you take a sip and you're out on the floor. That's like, that's the kind of cocktail this was. This was instantly. It's just doomed. Yeah. It's, this is completely doomed. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll be surprised whenever they win one game. Like yeah. I, I, the trajectory is zero eighteen. And I don't, I don't know what Schalke does to save this, right? Because there's a lot of teams where they're like struggling now, where it's like a lot of young players where we can be like, oh, it's a summer split project, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Like, it'll be fine. Like, players need time on stage. But these players have all, you know, for the most part, had time on stage. And it's just not clicking. And it is hard to rebuild a roster in summer split because yeah. no, everyone's in contract. All the players are signed. You're not swap. You can only swap with your, your, uh, you know, it's your time German to pull misfits. Yeah, you just pull a misfits 2019. Just, just bring, bam. Yeah, bam. Legit. Can you imagine though, you're playing Prime League one week and you're against like whatever the hell Schalke's Prime League roster is, and the <laughs> next week it's Forgiven and Odawamne. They just do the swap. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> that would be funny. That would be good. I'm, I'm kind of hoping for a lot of things just for the sake of funny. That might be might be rude because it's like people's lives are at stake. But zero eighteen, kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> forgiven in 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 Germany, kind of funny. You know, <laughs> a lot of things, kind of funny. That's messed up, dude. Oh god. Yeah, I mean, I hope for their sake that they can get better. Uh, and I hope that like I don't know. I hope we see more from them because right um, now it's just not there, right? And it's um, just like I feel bad for the players. Sucks for the org. I think they took a gamble, and the gamble has blown up in their face in a way that, like, I don't think we could have realistically expected. I think that even if you asked anyone at the start of the season, they would not have said that this team would be 06. They might have said this team would be bad. They might have said this team was, like, near the bottom. But I don't think anyone would have predicted that they would be the worst team um, by far. What's cool, though, about Schalke now in their position is that there will be a fear that lingers whenever anyone faces Schalke. And Schalke will be in a place where they just don't give a crap anymore. And that can make people very dangerous. When they start swinging, they start picking what they want to pick, they start to express themselves. You know, there is still some room where, maybe in a world where there is no pressure, they perform even better. And the pressure will be on the enemies, because you don't want to be that team that loses against a team that have never won. 
God, so. you don't want to be that team. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That that's like that's like the biggest fear because you you know like yeah. all of our players respond to pressure like that they all hate being like memed into oblivion. Yes, and Chalco's already there. They're already in like the pits. You know they can't go any lower. Yes. They but all they can do is drag you down with them. Yeah, although is doing fine, I guess. I mean, he had the interview. I mean, I think it's hard, right? Like I, I I'm sure I don't know for sure. Actually, I can't really say that, but I it seems really really difficult as an outside yeah. perspective. But I think at a certain point, it, it just is kind of what it is. Mm. They play Rogue in G2 this week, so <laughs> I don't think morale is getting any better. That said... What if they are the first ones to beat G2? <laughs> Yo, that that's funny. the ultimate twist. Yeah. This is M. Night Shyamalan's in here. Yeah. He's like waiting in the background. The people are like, I knew it all along. It had to be scripted. <laughs> Holy moly. They're actually so bad, they're good. What? Yeah. It's dark times for Schalke. Um, the other one that we should talk about, I don't know if we got it wrong, although we did get, I, I don't know about you, I got flamed a lot for this one, was putting Fnatic in B tier. B tier was making playoffs, um, which I think is fair. Fnatic are probably definitely going to make playoffs. Uh, they're currently yeah. four and two. Do we, do we think Fnatic are an A tier team? Like, obviously we were wrong about Schalke. Schalke is clearly down in the pits. They're in the D tier. Um, but, like, does, is Fnatic in that A tier right behind G2? I think so, yeah. But I think Fnatic, like, they almost belong in an own tier ab- above, like, the Rogue and the OG and, and the Misfits. Even with, even with OG beating Fnatic? Because like, looking back at that game, like, that game was just lost in draft. Mm. And I rewatched it, and I think that uh, the game was a slow and painful death, and I think that uh, Fnatic still managed to get a lot out of that game. Like, the one they locked in Swain... It was just like, okay, it was go hard. next. And just, they had no tools to peel for Aphelios. Yeah. Like, yeah. If Reckless was just sitting, waiting the entire game to get in range. I yeah. felt like he spent the entire game walking into whatever Aphelios' 550 attack range. And it's like picking Brom into Zyrakan is really trolled as well. And uh, Also picking Brom for, for Hillisang yeah. into Zyrakan too. Because it's like, don't get me wrong, Hillisang's a fine Brom player, but historically, like, always looks infinitely better on a champion that can actually impact the map. Yeah, for sure. Like, um... Oh, it was just, I think it just was one in draft. And I think this was the story of OG in the beginning of, of uh, the first two weeks. And I said on the analysts that I have my doubts because they've never been in a position where they've actually been, you know, in an even draft even. Because mm-hmm. it was just winning draft after draft. And then after 10 minutes, no matter what happened in the game, they would always win. And then uh, finally they reached a point where, uh, for example against uh, misfits they try to do something different they try to uh, expand on what they've uh, shown us in in terms of playing something that is more early game centered and kind of uh, bit them in the behind right and i think uh, it is good that they are using the lec like a playground to learn new things because i think they in order to beat fanatic and and g2 they need to do this mm-hmm. so i'm happy that they are but it looked kind of rough yeah and i think a uh, background of the fanatic point the other thing that like because Origin are kind of an interesting case where they have their own set of problems. And I think Fnatic's set of problems for me is still consistency. Because, like, when we look back, people are going to bring up the Fnatic G2 game, but I don't, I don't really care. Like, I think, I think that's always going to be a tough to beat G2, even if you are Fnatic, right? Um, and people can pretend otherwise, but I still think G2 is, is the Goliath in this league that you have to look out for. But the XL versus Fnatic game was just a catastrophe yeah. honestly it was so many individual mistakes Fnatic like hard through the game and then excel through it right back to them but we saw like just whippo in top lane is like a huge question to me because he's playing all sorts of random stuff you know he's the only guy playing Urgot. he's playing the swain he's playing the rengar he's all over the place he like burns gp flash at level two which is like oh sick selfmate's gonna play Olaf. they're gonna be top again but then like cajol comes and kills him and then they finally, like, they're like, all right, well, we've already burned the GP flash, so we're going to make this happen. So at, like, six minutes, they try that double tower dive. And, yeah. like, Whippo reactivates Urgot ultimate, which makes Selfmate's axe misc, which makes Whippo die. And, like, I guess Whippo <laughs> in his head, he has triumph, so he's, like, trying to proc triumph to live. Yeah. But then just, like, and then immediately later that game, Excel just run at Whippo, and Whippo gets a kill, and Selfmate gets a kill. And that, yeah. that game was, like, not a good example of any kind of control of any kind of planning it literally came down to both teams trying to force baron basically taking turns setting up for baron trying to force an objective and um you know excel they finally get it whoa they've got i think senna and they're taking a year to kill baron and then like fanatic kill, shows up kills them they have mid prio already they end the game and that yeah. was like that was it that was the game 
It was fun. It was, it was fun to watch, but it was so bizarre. And it was not confidence-inspiring for two teams that are, like, both, for me, pretty high up there in yeah. terms of expectations. I think with, with Fnatic, I'm happy that they're trying to play here yeah. instead of being, like, solid around here. Yeah, you I want think, them to be reaching for that peak. It, it's like we were always talking about, like, even in the episode where we did our tier list, we were talking about how Fnatic will be the ones that will fight G2 in the finals at the end of the split. Right? And we expected them to start slow. And uh, uh, the reason I expected them to start slow is because if they are going to play in a way where they want to cover all bases and build as much diversity in play as, as possible, not just play through bottom. I'm sure they play through bottom every game, they'll be like here. Because yeah. Sang and Reckless are just masters at it. But if they want to figure out to be too mid, to be too top and do all these dives, then you will try to achieve this, but it will sometimes drop down to here as a yeah, price. Down, you right? gotta be, you can either be peak or you can be down in the best. That's like really feels coin flippy sometimes. Yeah. But I'm happy. I think that's the way. Right? It's, it's yeah. better than to come into playoffs and know that you're going to lose against G2 for sure because you, uh, you've you not tried to diversify yourself. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think it's the right way. Yeah, I agree. Eyes on the prize, I think, for both Origin and Fnatic. I think currently my two favorites and frontrunners. Um, when we look ahead this next weekend, it, there's a lot of games that are like, um, I'm not going to call them inconsequential. They obviously matter, but they're less like top team versus top team, a lot of top teams versus bottom teams. I, I yeah. think the two that stand out to me the most are OG versus XL and Fnatic versus Mad Lions because these are all teams that are in this, um, currently in this 4-2, and two, I believe. I think XL might be 3-3. Three and three. Um, yeah, so Excel are three and three, but everyone else on that list is is currently four and two. These are all people looking to get sole control of second place, um, and it also like factors in the fact that OG and Fnatic are clear, like presenting as top of the table teams. That's what I would look at them as. And then you've got Mad Lions, who are a bit more of a mixed bag, and Excel, who are a bit more of a mixed bag. And this is going to be like a big test to see where they actually stand. Because so far, Mad Lions have beat Schalke. Great. They beat SK, they beat Vitality, fine. Rogue, that's a good win. That's something that they can definitely be proud of. But now is when they get to like the meat of their schedule, right? They play OG, Fnatic, um, and Misfits. And like Misfits, maybe not the biggest challenge, but the fact that they're playing most of the top end teams now after they've already found themselves at the top, this could either, this is like make or break for Mad Lions, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's also like they, they stole a victory off of Rogue, honestly, because of the Soraka, right? Yeah. And uh, I think. Still, I think Mad Lions, I, I share the same sentiment, similar to Fnatic. Not the same level, but they're trying to be here. And, uh, like, Kazi dies a lot, and sometimes, like, in general, they die more than they need to. Uh, but I think that just shows that they are trying. Mm. Sometimes, uh, I would much rather have players do that at the beginning of spring instead of just, you know, kind of play safe and succumb to what is happening to you. Similar to what we see uh, from SK in a lot of the games, where they just never pull the trigger. They just wait, 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 wait. 25 minutes in, they look at the time. It's like, okay, we're 6K go behind. It is time to <laughs> ring the horn horn, you know? And uh, they try, and it's like, ah, it didn't work. Let's wait for the next one, and then the game is over. So I'd, I would much rather have what we have with Mad Lions and SK. That's very obvious to say. So <laughs> it's like, oh, genius. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would always like, uh, yeah, watching teams lose slowly is the worst experience ever. So shout out to all the teams that are willing to get aggressive, that are willing to take risks. Um, when we come back from the break, EU mids or EU myth, we're going to be talking about role density in the LEC. Okay, so as our segment today, I want to do something called Lore of Legends. And Yamato, this inspiration all comes from you because you've been on your Twitch channel, on your YouTube You've been you've been reading through the lore in your sultry voice, and I was wondering if you could. I have some lore to share with you, but before I share my favorite League of Legends lore, I thought you could share some of what you've learned with our dear audience at home. I've been reading about Aurelion Soul because that's like the genesis. Oh. It's like the the world was created. Aurelion Soul, he's the cosmic dragon that uh, created light. So that's like holy moly, and now he's enslaved by Targon. It's like this whole whole business and. Yeah, I just like the character of Aurelion Soul, so I started I, there. I love it too because you play like you read the lore for Aurelion Soul, and you're like, "Wow, he's he's like he's a god. Yeah. He made light. He's <laughs> indomitable. Spinny stars. <laughs> yes, <laughs> all them can, like a Beyblade. Spin, <laughs> spinny stars and like a Fusroda. That's like the entire yes. <laughs> that's the entire champion. <laughs> that's what making light gets you in the game. Oh, yeah. Dark times. Well. I think that's pretty recent lore because they've been like updating the lore and it's gotten like really good. Like our writing team, I think, is super, super sick. I love a lot of the people that work on that. Um, but there's like this dark age of lore that I don't think you've hit yet, right? Because not every champion has been updated. So I want to share with you 
like OG Gragaslore, right? Okay. I think this is from back in the day, like when we had. Do you remember like the cigars? No, that- <laughs> yeah, cigars were definitely more in the game, but there was like that summoner's like journal every week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like s- stories of Rune Terra of like how the <laughs> champions would interact and hang out when our lore was like honestly hella corny. Um, but I'm just going to read you this passage <laughs> about Gragas because I think it, it, it's a preface to a story that is significant, just honestly terrible. Um, and, I, and I love it, but it's so bad. So Gragas has an eternal love of good drink but his massive constitution prevented him from reaching a divine state of intoxication. Literally, Gragas is so large he cannot get drunk. One night when he had drained all the kegs and was left wanting, Gragas was struck by a thought. Rather than the usual bar stool, why couldn't he brew himself something that would finally get him truly drunk? League of Legends lore, folks. It was then that he vowed to create the ultimate ale. That's, Gra- that's Gragas' character motivation. Like, Holy you know, a seer or a... Aurelian soul, he made light, he's creating the universe, he's now like tethered to Targon or whatever. He's Gragas really wants to get hammered, dude. He's like looking, he's like questing, you know, he's this is all this is always about. And I want you to at some point read the story on your own, but basically he like goes to the Freljord to get ice to make sure that his brew is like forever cold. Okay. And then he like catches Sejuani and Ash fighting and like splits them up and gets everybody drunk. And that's his story. Like that's the Gragas story. Like so now every time you see a Gragas ganking, I just want you to remember that he just wants to party. Yeah, that like everyone else has some epic backstory, some tragic backstory, you know, like Kane is like, you know, this scythe fighting for control at all times. Gragas is just a drunk. <laughs> Most consistent outside of Lee Sin meta jungler you could ever possibly hope for. Just a drunk. That's his entire motivation as a character. I love it. It's so relatable, right? So he's he's a nice guy. He just wants so he's when he's throwing barrels at you, he's trying to get to you drunk. To be fair, the first line is the only thing more important to Gragas than fighting is drinking. So it, it, <laughs> he just has to choose. Every moment you play Gragas, you have to know that it's a choice between fighting or drinking. Nice. So that's the that's why so the Brolaf is canon because yes. he has graggy eyes written on his axis. That's true. So, EU mids, kind of in a meme. Not maybe as much for us in recent years, but overall it's always like, ooh, great mid laners come from EU. I think back in the day it was like NA had great AD carries. But it feels like over the years we've gotten further and further away from that. So talking today specifically about talent density or the number of truly top players that we have in each role. And I think it's appropriate that we start with mid lane, mm. where I think we both have kind of strong opinions about whether or not the the moniker EU mid really sticks around today. I think um, it is like super clear, like perks, I think is better than anyone, right? Yeah. Uh, and then there's Nemesis and Nukeduck, and then it's kind of a question mark ping, you know? Yep. Uh, I know that, you know, the class of, 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 of rookies that we had last year, I... Everyone was excited about it, but I was—I always held my reservations because, uh, partially because I heard Jizuki's opinion on them all the time. Yeah, I thought this guy is so bad. This guy is so bad. I'm not going to mention any names. Uh, nevertheless, uh, it was the Akali curse. Yeah, is what I like to call it. Mid uh, was so broken last yeah. year. Yeah. Silas, Akali. Silas, like you couldn't not look good. If your team was winning the game and you were playing one of those champions, every game you played was a montage. It just looked like a like a rogue in vanilla. You just looked like this lead <laughs> ninja just blowing your cooldowns. Akali, you know, use ult and you just didn't even need to use passive to kill. Yeah, passive, which in theory is like a huge part of our damage and everyone always... We were talking to the guys, some of the production guys today about this and they're like, yeah, you just... Mash your fingers as yes. I'm doing like a keyboard cat motion right now for you with podcasting. <laughs> but that's that's what the champion felt like. I remember picking it up and being like, this champion is so fun. No wonder pros love playing it. Yeah. And then it occurred to me like, wait, I'm really bad. <laughs> if I'm killing people, this champion might be a problem. Yes, yes. And I think it also solved a lot of macro issues as well. Mm. Like Akali, like if, if you got caught in the silence, like, okay, dude, I have three jumps. Great. We have like this invisibility cloak that at the time just was, was it true invisibility or was it called? No, I don't remember. It, had, it was its own Camoufla- kind of stealth I don't know. or whatever, where it just, you like, couldn't be revealed by anything. Like God tier stealth. No other champion had this. Like yeah. you could avoid turret shots as well. And I think this highlighted uh, that um, it just, you got away with so much. Also with Rai's ulti, it was so easy to split. Leblanc as well. Now we see some mid laners are getting away, like Humanoid is mm-hmm. playing Leblanc and it's like, Cool, you have two jumps, you can get away. 
it's like a, a crutch solution to to some of the big issues that will appear later on. Yeah, it feels a lot like the era of the Rum Warp plus Hourglass Rise. It yeah. was just like every mid laner, you just got out. You always got to push one or two extra waves. You always got to get out of really any situation where you get caught. Yeah. Um, and so my question is, like, if we say that, like, there's this... You said you listed top three, but even for me, I would even question that. Because for me, it's like perks caps are still in my eyes, yeah. the two best mid laners. <laughs> like, regardless of what role they're playing, like, no one can... If anyone thinks that caps can't come right back to mid lane and beat every other mid laner in our league, I think they're trolling. Yeah. Um, and after that, I think it's a pretty big drop-off. Like, Nukeduck's all over the place. Peak Nukeduck, you can definitely say, is, like, an iconic EU mid. Febivin, when he's playing really well, maybe. But obviously, like, that really remains to be seen for the rest of the season. And I'm not... I'm not sure about Nemesis because we've seen great Nemesis and we've also seen like, all right, he's fine on a collie in lane. He can get a few kills, but then he can't team fight to save his um, life. So to me, it's much less clear um, where they are. But when we go back a few years, right, when we go back to kind of, I guess, 2018 was where I would say was at its peak last time. We had Jizuke in yeah. form, incredible player, walking right. highlight reel. Um, we had Caps. We had... Um, perks at the peak of their rivalry nuke duck was playing pretty well at that time very well that was like the zed era of nuke duck and then on top of that we also had niski playing i think at the time and niski while i think below the rest of those players was still incredible and that was like that felt like super contentious as to like who was going to be top three in that role whereas this season it's like perks nemesis is there Right, I think like maybe three, maybe two, and then after that, it's kind of like, eh. Like you could put Nuke Duck there. You could make an argument for Larson. Like Saken has had some pretty rough games. Mickey's yeah. kind of all over the place. Humanoid dies all the time. Abadage also dying a ton. But like, I don't think it's fair to look at any individual on Shalka. Yeah, it's like it's like the easiest way to to look at this is like, who if you compare it to the person that is at the top, no one comes close, which mm-hmm. is Perks, in my opinion. Like when we when we look at everyone else, they have clear glaring weaknesses. Humanoid sometimes mechanically very good on some specific champions, Kiana, Akali. But then when he has to play something that is less mobile, he tends to die on side a lot and is very disconnected from his team. Mm-hmm. This is something that Perks does super super well. That Caps did very very well in G2 as well. And then uh, Nuketuck, uh, he is not necessarily flashy, and I think uh, he's very very solid, good at uh, playing with the lead. But when uh, things tend to get a bit slower, I think he is a bit inconsistent. And I think there are games where Nuketag is really, really insane. And I think lane-wise, he would never have issues against the perks and the caps. And that's why I rate him so highly. Because always with the new generation of mid laners or or new champions that are coming, he's always there. Like yeah. In terms of learning new champs, he's always there. He's always ready. There's never anything that stands out as a weakness. So I think Nuketag is... Is incredible in its in, in in his own way, but it's never going to do like that crazy thing that is going to to win you the game. Yeah, I mean, I think that there, he has obviously has moments where he's like set up to do that, but there's so few and far between. And you know, you you hear, like I think Deficio said this backstage when after the Zed game, um, uh, you know, in his first split with with OG, and he's like, look, there's like one thing you know when Nuke Duck, like Nuke Duck, when he when he says he wants Zed you've won the game. Yeah. Because he's only going to pick it if he's confident enough to know that he can win, to know that he can smash with it. And, like, that's got to be a good feeling. But also, like, Nuke Duck's not picking Zed a whole lot, right? He's mostly yeah. he's playing what the team needs, and that's just kind of what he is. So he isn't that, like, iconic carry player, I think, in the, in the majority of games. He's a, he's a fantastic mid lane player, but there are some mid laners that are not the product of who they have on their team. Mm-hmm. Right? And sure, we're at the point in time where where, where uh, the game is becoming more and more team oriented, and Perks, uh, understandably so, he's surrounded by the best players in the league, so he gets to do much more. Mm-hmm. But I think Nuketuck will never ever be a problem in draft, never ever be a problem on the rift, and I think that's a really big thing to say. Because I think when I look at Nemesis, I think the champion pool still is a very big question mark, because right now. The best mid laner in the game for me is is Leblanc, mm-hmm. and I think if you don't play it, there's an issue. Uh, against G2, I think Leblanc was the, the proper pick to go for. You have Leeson in the jungle. You have a very strong two v two. They went for the Vegar. I understand why they went for the Vegar because they, the cage is strong against Aatrox and uh, and uh, Rise in a team fight. But the Rise and Aatrox will never want to team fight. They're going to just play on split, kill GP over and over, and then Senna and Brom are really good against Vegar. So it was kind of like, ah, uh, what is this? Cassiopeia's out. 
Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's there's a weakness there. So I think Nemesis still in the right meta, if it was like a mage heavy meta, I think I would rate him clear number second. Uh, but now it is kind of uh, this, this Leblanc meta and so forth and people kind of playing everything. So it's kind of a toss up, a question mark for me. The thing I like about Nemesis is that I think he never dies to ganks. Never dies to ganks. There was a game where he played Cassiopeia mid and he burned flash against Leblanc and he just played it in a way where he didn't get punished, managed the wave really, really well. And I think that's super impressive. Yeah, I mean, overall, his death stats, even in like difficult games, he had three deaths in that first match versus Origin. And remember, he was playing Diana, so he yeah. could dive in yeah. constantly. And it was only the three deaths. Four deaths in the Vagar game, obviously pretty rough against G2. But every other game, his stats are solid, even in difficult situations, even when he's not necessarily the center of attention on a draft. Nemesis, very solid. Is there still that gulf between him and Perks? I think so. Yeah. But like you said, meta, maybe it looks different. Yep. Um, so if EU mids aren't right now where we see real EU talent at, like where we see Ardensis talent, where do where does EU actually excel right now? What do you, which role do you actually think is the most stacked in Europe? Honestly, like after the Cadre episode, like we have some good junglers. We right? do. Top five is really clear. Like yeah. all five of those junglers are very good. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, even though, like I I did the mistake of putting Yankos lower than the Xerxes. Because, but Jankos proves me, proves me every time he faces Xerxes that he is just clearly, clearly mm -hmm. uh, the better jungler. And I think uh, G2, like Jankos, when he plays against better junglers, then definitely he's up there. And then you have those games where he's jungling against C9 and it's like, ah, you know. Yeah, okay, those yikes. Yeah. So Keanu is always going to be, I think, a stain yeah, on yeah, his yeah. record. <laughs> yeah. Riot Games did G2 a solid. They nerfed the pike. They're like, hey, we feel bad. We'll nerf the Kiana too so you don't have to look like a fool in the <laughs> yes. jungle anymore. And it's like the top five. And then, like, we discussed jungle so much the last episodes. I guess the next one would be AD carries. Yeah. AD carries is pretty stacked. Well, just like, just to, I'm just going to run down the list because I think when you when you hear it, it makes a lot of sense why people would consider AD carries. Now, the names that you might not be as certain about, and this would be fair, are names like Comp, names like B Boy, um, Crown Shot, all more towards the bottom. Yeah. Even Karzi is like a rising star, you know, but like still definitely near there. But then you look at Upset, Hansama, Caps. Reckless, Forgiven. It's troll that I didn't put him in the lower end. I know, but Forgiven is just like such a huge legacy player. And Patrick, who on OG kind of felt like a role player generally, yeah. but like really feels like he's coming into his own on Excel and is looking pretty monstrous. Uh, yeah. Honestly, as an individual player, like I, I think AD Carry is is super stacked. And in the same way that like Jungle has this really clear top five, I think you might even be able to make a really solid top six for AD Carry. Yeah, I think you know. I think reckless caps and upsets are in are definitely in a class of their own, right? Sure. But that's like top three. But then uh, the rest, like even even on SK, I think Crownshot is is doing super well. Like I think he's the, the shining star. But then it's always the little caveat in terms of what the meta is right now. Yeah, yeah. Like right now you're playing Senna Aphelios. There's not that much agency in terms of what you can start up. You basically you're healing, you're doing damage, you have to position well, and that's pretty much it. I remember Upset talking about how the, the AD carry position is right now a lot more boring than it used to be because like, like with Kaiser, Lucian, Zaya, there was a lot of room for like yeah, juicy As boring moves. as Kaisa Zaya meta was and as tired as I was of seeing Kaisa and Zaya literally every single game, those AD carries are also two Fun. of the most hype AD carries yeah. in the game. Watching Zaya and Kaisa fight in any team fight where like Kaisa like leaps into the back line or Zaya like finally pulls the feathers back like 20 autos later and you see three people die, that shit is cool. Super cool. Like, Aphelios can do crazy moves, right? Sure. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> that's a light way of putting it. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, can do some, he can do some stuff. But it's still reliant on, on what is going on around you, which is, which is fair without the other champions too, but the skill expression is definitely at a different level. So maybe if we have a meta shift, all of a sudden a lot of AD carries will look in a different light, like, for example, B-Boy or some of the lower end, but definitely the higher end of AD carries are, like, really, really exquisite. Yeah, I mean, just like, once again, Reckless Caps upset, like, pretty clear top three to me, but, like, I honestly thought B-Boy's been pretty sick last week. I'm excited about this Misfits lineup. Um, I won't lie to you. Han Sama playing, going back to Draven was awesome. Uh, you know, Attila's gone, so he's... Yeah, Attila's men gone. Mental so block he's, he's, is Yeah. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> Could be the sole Draven in the league. Patrick's looking better. Uh, Karzi... I, I said he was rookie of the split. I was originally going to say Shadow, and you took Shadow, but now I'm yeah. glad that I've been pressured into Karzi because yeah. Karzi is popping off. Um, For sure. And I, I, yeah, I think the best thing about 
EU right now over past jungle is is botlaners, his 80 carries, which is sad because, like you said, the meta doesn't really support that. Yep. The other side of that coin, though, Yamato, and this is what's sad, is I think our support pool is kind of terrible, dude. Yeah. Like, I'm happy there's a lot of rookie supports. And th- it's still, it's the same with AD carry because we don't know who's good or who's bad yet. Yeah. Because everyone's playing Braum and... Uh, it's like, true. Like, if if, if they if first, uh, now after this 10.3, maybe Zayarakan is meta, and that's the that's time... That's when you really get to see if people We will really see, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. like, Destiny on Rakan looked kind of iffy, you know? He kind of entered the game against G2. Yeah, and he that's, did good in the game against, you know... Oh, God, he did good in the game against Fnatic. Then he ended the game against G2. He had that sweet Nautilus game uh, in their other for game of week one. I'm for playing. Yeah, when he, like, ganked played. mid over and over. Yeah, it was sweet. But then he also, yeah, he's had, like, a, like now he's playing, was it, like, Tom Coco and Braum? Yeah, Every yeah. single game, just, uh, like... We just have to wait for the Rakan test. <laughs> like, that's where, where, where Mickey won our hearts and why we find him to be the best support in Europe by far mm-hmm. is his Rakan gameplay. And same for Hilisang, right? When Hilibaba yeah. was... Well, Hilibaba, this is my nickname for him. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> when Hilisang uh, was playing a lot of Rakan, that's also was like, wow, he's finding these flanks, he's finding these engages, and I think that's where the true skill expression will show up, especially in lane as well, because Zaya Rakan lanes are always like, Zaya Rakan can win everything, they can lose everything. Yeah. So it's uh, it's interesting. Well, and it's, for me, it's like, it's very clear that the two best supports in our league are Mickey and Hilisang, right? Like, head and shoulders above the rest. Mm. The other thing that's really makes this really tough is that they're also both relatively inconsistent. Yeah. Now, generally, I feel like domestically they both look better, but we saw internationally they can be all over the place. And, like, I think Hillisang is, like, has more highs and more lows. Like, he's the more extreme version of inconsistency where I think yeah. he can look better than Mickey, but he can also look a lot worse, whereas Mickey's, like, slightly less variable but also has, like, really bad days. And those are the two best head and shoulders above the rest. Like, Torre is is pretty solid. I think Kaiser has been making a good case to look all right. Yeah. Um, you said, like, Denik is, is communicating and that's all good. Destiny is, like, like you said, it's just too early to tell for sure. But, like, yeah. when those two are, like, the clear top and even they are inconsistent and everything else is kind of up for debate, it just doesn't feel like, like, it doesn't feel like anyone is contesting them at that top. Yeah, yeah, Like, you can make other arguments that there are other good supports, but they're not pushing into that top two at all. Oh, for sure. Uh, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think... We will, I'm hoping, I'm just hoping and praying that Zyrakan will be picked every game. And then we will see like the Morgana, Caitlyn lanes and the, the, the Zyrakan lanes and maybe Lucian comes back or something like this. And uh, this is exciting because then we will truly know who belongs or who can compete and who, who doesn't. Because I think a lot of these supports, they haven't had the spotlight on them because it's like, oh, he used Bronshield at the right time to block Emmerfold. Great. That's like most of it that we see. Yeah. And um, I think there are definitely, uh, you know, same as AD Carry, the skill expression for support is not that high right now. Uh, one thing that we can say is that uh, when Mickey and Hilisang both play Nautilus, it kind of looks like a disaster. <laughs> I, I, I think both of them just hate the champ. <laughs> <laughs> so we had the Mickey game the day before when he was like queuing creeps over and oh, over. Man. And then we had Hilisang kind of queuing champions over and over, but not at the best time. Yeah. At the end of the game, like 0-8. They're both complaining about the giant. Everyone on Reddit's like, the hitbox is too big. They're also like, the hitbox <laughs> is too big. I'm not hitting who I want to hit. <laughs> Give me a smaller hitbox, try it, please. Yes, yes. It's, it's fun. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, the last the last role that we haven't really hit on top is top lane, and I'm undecided on top lane because like we have a lot of really good names up in top lane, right? Like right now, Wonder's looking really good, Expect is looking really good, Finn is looking pretty solid, although it's a little all over mm-hmm. the place. I'll be honest. And Alfari. Now, there's a lot of names that you immediately want to put at the top of the list too, which makes me want to be like, oh, U Town is so good because like even Dan Dan's having good performances. Odawamne generally winning lane despite his team being a total mess. Um, Cabochard obviously was like the sole carry for for your team in the second half of last split, or the he was like the most consistent, strongest performer. Yeah, yeah. But also, those guys are all over the place right now. Yeah. I just feel like top lane has very little agency as a role right now. Mm-hmm. Like that's why people are playing Sona and Soraka, because top lane is like, eh, who cares? You know? And I think that's what makes it much, much harder. And now, once again, I'm talking about how I hope Zyrakan will be met on bottom. I hope Xejuani will make 
make it into a top lane meta again because if Sejuani is back in the picture with the buff of Tempest and attack speed, you can all of some, fighters again. Yeah, play Camille, Claire, Drenekton. Yes, yes. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think that like when we talk about mid, making a mid list is so much easier because mid actually gets to do so much as a role. And this is something you said about yeah. about every other role, but like bot support top lane are all just kind of meta slaves. Now you do get to see yeah. good Aatrox games. You do on occasion get to see some of the more cocktail picks, which I think are, you know, can be a good indication. But like, I still think the best top winner that I would pick on it, almost any circumstance outside of like really hard counter is GP. Yeah. GP, like the skill expression is how many creeps you can get until you're oh. level 13, right? Like that's and on the very rare occasion a solo kill, but mostly it's just like, you're just chilling. Yeah. Like I think Buipo, for example, the game against G2, had a fantastic GP game considering he got dove like 18 times. Yeah. And barring that G2 screwed it up, uh, he did super, super well to to stay relevant in that game and holding back the Aatrox split push because that is super difficult. But that's like it. It's not like so exciting. Like as I'm saying it, I'm falling asleep. You know? <laughs> it's like, it's cool. It's good. It's like if you appreciate the delicacies of the game, it's it's nice, but it's not what is going to win win you the game. He's not losing you the game, which is a good positive, but other than that, it's like that's what the role allows you to do. And I think um, bottom is just too strong. Uh, and Because uh, the champions are strong. They're boring. They're not, we don't think that they're as deep in skill expression, but they're very, very powerful, which is the other thing. Is it's yeah. not like, yeah, it's, ah. Yeah. It's like set is cool, but it's, it's kind of, he has the same limitations as some of the other top laners. Um, so that's also a thinking champ. Like you can call Darius like brain dead if you want, but like in pro, I think any of those juggernauts are a thinking champ. You literally just you do your math, you think about can I win this fight, <laughs> and you either get the setup or you don't. And if you don't get the setup, you walk away. And if you do get the setup, you auto attack them to death and yeah. you win. And that's it. And like that's the thing. There's like there's no dashes. There's not like a whole lot of like you don't get to choose your trade windows. You don't get to weave in and out. It's like are my cooldowns up? Will I kill this guy if he fights me? Usually the answer is yes. You go in. You find the good situation. You win the fight. For sure. Just about finding a good situation. So we agree that uh, better jungle wins. <laughs> Even with jungle being super <laughs> ludicrously nerfed, I think better mid wins is probably the better one. Yeah, for I, sure. I just think like, or maybe better support. Because even if we say that support isn't like the most skill expressive, I still like, you see these games where like, you know, you have like an MF, a lot of MF thresh lanes right now. And it's just like the thresh roaming. And yeah. Hillisang is a good example of this where he's just like, suddenly he's in top lane and he's like, flash flaying someone to find a kill and it's like that kind of is about what feels like the biggest deciding point in the game for me i'm happy you mentioned trash actually trash is is like the least in of support yeah says, there's like the supers that pick tom kench are the ones that are too scared to pick trash yeah so when the you, next you have a lantern yeah, you can yeah. get him out of jail free you just got to be positioning and thinking it's much more like, uh active definitely and mickey has a great trash and who else is a great trash in our league Oh, I mean, I've always considered Dreams a pretty solid playmaker, but he's better on Alistair than he is on Thresh or anything else. There's, there's like no one else that is like a... Mickey, Hillisang are two good Threshes. Yeah. I mean, Jaxtral, we can always go back to that R game he played against RNG where he <laughs> popped off and had the greatest Thresh game of any European sport ever. Uh, it's a bit of hyperbole there for you guys at home before you flame me, but it was a fantastic game. Torres yeah. also been good, but like it's not consistent. It's not like this guy locks in Thresh and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. It's Taurus Thresh or Jack Trolls Thresh. If, if Hill is saying and Mickey log it in, you're like, nice, but it's generally because they're just good at everything. Yeah, yeah. Three years ago, four years ago, you would have been like, that's the Hill is saying Thresh, but now it's like <laughs> Thresh has been around for so long that it's like, okay, everybody plays Thresh. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. There's Tomkinch players and then there's Thresh players. <laughs> then in the jungle, there's Leeson players and then there's Jarvan players. If they're looking in Jarvan first rotation, then you know. He's too afraid to play Lee. Bro, I don't think I think that one's unfair because it's just like Jarvan's just yeah, like sure, guaranteed sure. value. I think I think Lee Sin is like the the self indulgent pick for jungler. I just think Lee Sin is OP. Like I I am I'm spamming Lee Sin myself right Conqueror, now. Conqueror, challenging yeah, smite. Yeah. What duels can't you win? Yes, that's why all the pros in the in the pop quiz video were like nerf Lee Sin, nerf Lee Sin, nerf Lee Sin, nerf for Lee sure. Deservedly so. Yeah. Except for, by the way, Vitality's jungler, whose name I'm blanking on, who said, he's like, I, un Skeens, yeah, buff, he's like, I, he's like, I understand he's OP, but please buff him. <laughs> I love him. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I respect that. You, at, least, yeah, at least you understand. At least you know. Um, like, last quick hits. We've talked a lot about kind of the state of the meta. 10-3's coming out. There are 10-4 PBE patch notes. 10-3 is out. We're playing on it this week. 10-4 PBE patch notes looks makes that look like a much bigger patch. But small Sejuani buffs. Uh, you know, some small nerfs here and there for some of the other champions, like MF, although I don't I don't know how big that one is, to be honest. 
Um, do you, having looked at the patch list, do you feel like there's anything that you're really like, is anything really going to shift this week? Are we going to see more of that skill expression that you're waiting for? Or is it mostly just going to be the same? I, I guess the Senna nerf is pretty big. Like maybe Senna support is a thing. Like I see it a lot in solo queue, but you never know how that transfers to competitive play. Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, Senna either carry will drop in prior. Aphelio still looks strong. Like the range nerf, I think, is whatever. Like, okay, you won't get sniped across half the map. Sure. Uh, that's... Uh, Great. Yeah, that doesn't feel like a pro point nerf. Yeah, that feels like, like too many kids in solo key randomly walked into a bush and were like, what is this turret? Why am I dead? Yes, this is a buff to Reddit, uh, <laughs> you know, Reddit front page because we will have different content now, finally. <laughs> this is, um, so that doesn't matter too much. Uh, MF attack speed nerf, it's like one dagger, which I don't think is going to make like the huge difference. I think considering the nerf to a failure and set. Set nerf, set nerf might be like... Oh yeah, But like also I don't think set was... It's a huge nerf to set, but I also just don't think set was that big of a deal. Yeah, it was more like LCK were like locking in it all the time. I feel like playing set, what I felt is like most team fights, if you get to your second W, then it means you're winning the team fight. Yeah. And now that gap is so much bigger. And okay, I it's think four seconds at max. It, it, it is huge. 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 From eight to twelve, like that is that is a massive cooldown change. Then I guess the jungle change is the big one that we need to hit, right? Yeah. Like I think Sejuani's in the picture with ten percent attack speed buff. Mm -hmm. That is huge. Uh, we're going to see like Machete, Red, Blue, Gromp into top level 3 gank. I think that's going to be like the, the staple. And with Sejuani coming in, I think Kartus will come back. Maybe a Kane, maybe some Cocktail from Zerks. Yeah, I like you the know? Kane. Whenever Kane, I'm about it. Even if I like think objectively that's a terrible champion. But that's, that's probably a discussion... Um, we can get into that. I think let's see if the jungle really changes. I want to like I want to get like a cocktail jungle episode. We'll get on. We'll get Ender. We'll like hard hard brew, hard theory craft. We can get Zersei on too. And we just like <laughs> all right. What can we jungle? What can't jungle? Because there's like a ton of the buffs coming in to try to. Ten point four is going to be yeah. a giga cocktail. There's like there's a bomby cinder change which looks super nuts. There's like all every champion that you thought should never belong in the jungle, including Garen, are getting buffed for yes. jungle. You're like what? If we get a Garen jungle, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> That's gonna be crazy. Bush Garen. Is <laughs> It's back. Yeah. Back to spin. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hide and bush. Oh, man. All right. Well, and this is now the 10.4 waiting room. In the meantime, it's 10.3 this week, and that's it today for the Euphoria podcast. Thank you so much for watching. LEC starts tomorrow at 1800 CET with Mad versus OG. And, of course, Match of the Week is Saturday. It's Mad versus Fnatic, one of the games we talked about earlier. It's going to be a banger. Be sure to tune in. <laughs>